Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. State subsidized childcare often does not cover its true cost. That's the top line finding from a report in a new series about childcare from UT reporter Kristen Takeda. A study found that in California, the gap between what the state pays for childcare and how much that childcare actually costs is more than $10,000 per child. And in high cost areas like San Diego, the gap widens to $20,000 per child. Kristen Takeda joins me now. Uh, Kristen, for those who may have missed our chat last week, can you talk just a little bit more about the series you're working on? Yeah, so this is a multi-part series about childcare, specifically the subsidy system, which is kind of an overlooked part of childcare, I would say, but it is important because this is like the main source of aid, financial aid, like any kind of financial support for families who can't afford childcare on their own. So it's supposed to help low-income families um, afford childcare and get childcare, but in reality, the system misses hundreds of thousands of families who do qualify for it and still are not getting it. And then it also misses on top of that families who uh, need help paying for childcare. They can't get it on their own, but they don't make as they don't uh, meet the requirements to qualify for the subsidies. So that was uh, the focus of my first uh, installment in the series, which came out last weekend how it affects parents and families. But um, yeah, this installment is focusing on child care providers, how, how, the, how the subsidy system uh, falls short for the providers. So um, yeah, that's what we went into this time. Okay, well, tell me a little more about what you found on that topic. Yeah, so basically how it works, the subsidy system works this way, like uh, the state provides reimbursement and payment basically to providers who agree to provide the subsidized child care that the state um, is offering to families. So the, there are private child care providers who um, get paid to offer this subsidized care to low-income families. But um, what I was looking into is basically the state does not pay providers enough. It does not reimburse them at nearly the cost of what it actually takes for providers to provide the care. Um, and so um, and this was, yeah, found, or this was uh, particularly documented by this one childcare uh, finance firm that did these estimates, the, the ones that you mentioned, that um, showed that there's a large gap in between how much the state pays and how much it costs providers. So there's a lot of um, consequences to this, um, to providers getting underpaid. Um, a big one is that like providers just can't pay themselves much at all. Like in order to make up that gap, a lot of the gap gets shouldered by them by underpaying themselves. So um, some there are a lot of or some providers who get paid as little as like sixteen or about seventeen thousand dollars a year, um, and and those are. Uh, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about family child care providers who provide child care out of their homes and they're like small business owners. So um, yeah, there are some people who get paid as little as that. There are some providers who don't get uh, anything at all who don't pay themselves because they can't afford to. Um, and then um, overall low wages across the board 
Um, no, like benefits are not guaranteed for childcare workers. A lot of the times they don't get retirement uh, uh, savings accounts. They don't get health benefits. Um, all the basic, all the basic conditions of a job that one would expect. They're not a lot of times they're not guaranteed for childcare workers. And so um, because of that, like childcare is the childcare industry, the people who provide it, who are almost entirely women, and they're mostly women of women of color. They are constant. A lot of times, they're constantly in financial stress. They're um, stressed out at work. They're physically and mentally drained, and so it's just a really. It creates a very um, kind of debilitating, almost debilitating. Um, place to kind of situation to work in and therefore that creates like a staffing huge staffing shortages for child care um there has been a long-standing shortage of child care uh workers and so in res basic and, and all that put together the effect on parents is that on families is that there's just not enough child care out there so if child care providers can't afford to stay open if they can't find enough people to provide the care, then there's just not going to be enough care. And that's exactly what's happening. So um, yeah, all those kind of waterfall effects are um, coming down to the childcare supply. Yeah. Will you tell me more about some of the people you met and profiled that work for these low wages or sometimes even no wages? I mean, what are their lives like? Yeah, so uh, the one child care provider I chose to focus on for this story, her name is Miren Algori. She is a family child care provider, so she runs a child care business, a small child care business out of her own home in Chula Vista. And um, I focused on her because she has a really like compelling story. She has been working in child care for three decades. She began when she was 17 years old. Um, she immigrated here from Mexico. Um, she followed in her mom's footsteps. Her mom was also a family child care provider, but um, she has, yeah, like you said, she or she hasn't been able to pay herself uh, a salary. She relies entirely on her husband's income to get by. Um, and she, there are a lot of other consequences to her not getting enough payment from the state. Um, she entirely serves uh, families who qualify for subsidized childcare. So she only serves low-income families, but um, I mean, she can't pay her, she can't afford to pay her assistant teachers much above minimum wage. She has worked like literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, some years in her career. She used to be a single mom raising two daughters, and she has raised two daughters. So um, she like was basically all on her own trying to provide for her own family as well as all these other families who could not afford to pay her more than what this um who cannot pay who cannot afford to pay her um like basically anything because they're very low income themselves. And so um she's taking on the burden of that like financial gap herself by yeah working 24 hours sometimes like she's had kids dropped off at all hours of the night like 1 a.m 4 a.m 9 p.m um because these like the, a lot of the families she serves are very disadvantaged and underserved themselves they work 
kind of like the jobs I feel like a lot of other people or most people would not want to work, you know, the the jobs that have very demanding and non-traditional hours, but it's um I it's almost like there are not going to be there aren't going to be many childcare providers willing to serve those families with those crazy hours. So Miren has wanted to do that for families because she knows what it's like to be underserved. She was underserved herself. Um, she couldn't go to college after high school because of language barriers and she didn't have enough money. Um, so she, 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 she just understands that, or she knows that these families need someone to support them. So she tries to do, so she does that for them, but kind of at her own cost because she doesn't have enough funding, um, to pay a living wage, pay herself a wage, um, and, and just have more time to, have like a regular work schedule for herself and so but this her story is not unique I've heard a lot of those very same situations from pretty much like every provider I've talked to I mean um, it's the these kinds of this the issues of staffing shortages of low pay and long hours like those are all across the child care industry they're happening in a lot of places so um it's it's not um yeah, it's not unique. Well, has California recognized this underfunding and and is the state considering reforms? Yeah, they actually yeah, they have recognized it and they've spent the um over the past 2 years they've agreed to um look into potential reforms of how much they pay providers. So, um the last one of the last things to happen most recent things to happen on this is they have received a set of recommendations from a state work group that they convened um that basically argue for and um like one of the biggest recommendations and I didn't get into this yet, but like the reason why um the state's rates do not cover the true cost of childcare, the real cost of childcare for providers is because the prices they set um, or the payment rates they set are based off of market prices. They're not based off of the actual cost of care. So the, and the, the problem with market prices is that they um, are low, like significantly lower than the cost because prices are limited to like what parent uh, families can pay um which is obviously way less than what the actual cost is i mean the actual cost of childcare could be anywhere from 30 to even $40,000 a year or more because um and that's largely because like you need so many adults you need a low um or a, i guess a high adult to child ratio for childcare like it, it could be as high as one for one adult for every three children if they're infants. So it's a very naturally expensive service to provide, but um, the prices do not match that because families can't afford to pay them. So um, what ends up happening is that providers only end up charging as much as parents can afford. Um, so that's why the prices do not match the cost. So, and that's not uniquely California problem either. It's actually like how the whole country has uh, decided payment rates for 
decades, but um, starting in 2014, states were allowed to choose another way to decide payment rates, which is what a lot of advocates are arguing for. So, um, but yeah, the state has, to get back to your question, the state has said that they are working on, uh, they are looking at rate reforms, but we don't know how soon that would happen. We don't know whether they would pay for the full cost or whether they would pay something more like a percentage or only a portion of it. Um, so all that's kind of up in the air. And then I'm not, we're not sure like how soon that would happen considering the state is, you know, facing a budget deficit right now. So um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, Kristen, anything else you would like to add? Yeah. So the next one is coming out next, uh, this Sunday. And this one will be about, um, there's a phenomenon in California's uh, child care subsidy system where there's actually millions of dollars that are allocated for child care, for subsidized child care, but they don't end up getting used. And in some cases, they um, those funds can actually like just be returned to the state's general fund. So basically, we're trying to we're going to show like why child care dollars, even if the state is putting more money into the system and trying to fund more spaces, why that doesn't actually always end up materializing in new child care spaces. And there's also a kind of another uh, related issue where um, child care providers are, some child care providers are waiting several months for funding that the state has promised them, but they uh, don't get it for like half a year or more. So um, we're going to talk about why that happens and then um, talk to some providers who have gone through that and how that has affected them. Okay. Well, Kristen Takeda, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. Uh, your series is really incredible and important work. So thanks for, for sharing it with us. Yeah, thank you.